Hey everyone, this is me, Chase. Uh, I had a great time interviewing Aubin St. George. He goes by A. St. George. We had a great time, you know. We just talked about, you know, Washington, Washington D.C., the area. You know, his journey recording Real Spit, his new album that's that came out uh, in May of this year. And it was just a great interview, man. Like, he's a good dude. I interviewed him last year. If you want to go check out the throwback, I think I'll drop the link. But, yeah, uh, check out his album as well. The link is down below. And, you know, thank you for listening. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. You know, we had a great time talking. So, yeah, have a good time. All right. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. So basically, I just want to take some time, pick up where we left off, and uh, feel free to reintroduce yourself to the people. But I feel like like anyone who listens to my podcast is already going to know who you are. I believe I've had, I've done an interview with you, and I, I think we've been active on social media together. But just feel free mm-hmm. to introduce the people to who you are, and then we can just jump right in, and we can just talk about your album. Okay. I'm A. St. George, you know, rapper coming from out of Washington, D.C., and uh, I was born in Jamaica, grew up in the D.C. area, living in D.C., and working in D.C. right now. So, you know, that's who I am. <laughs> awesome. And, and just, just to pick up, so earlier in May, you dropped your album, Real Spit. I want to ask you, you know, about the process of that album. You know, how long uh, were you working on it? Because I remember, I think in in our uh, first interview I ever did with you in 2018, you did mention you were working on an album. And uh, I think even in the summer of 2018, you were telling me, "Hey, I'm working on stuff." So, uh, can can I ask you about the lead up and uh, what it was like recording the project? Yeah, you know what real spit is, honestly. So I was doing this uh, 365 day rap challenge or whatever and um basically like it was like every day i'd write a new verse so i had a bunch of verses i didn't even finish it but i think i stopped at like at like uh 150 something and something like that so i had a i had a bunch of spare verses you know that I had written mostly to other people's beats, like to, you know, old school Nas and Biggie Beats and stuff like that, you know. And I rap and put the little video up. But, you know, you can't release those. So I had to find beats. So I had been connecting with producers online and um, mostly online, you know, a couple, like, that I know, like my friends, um, Frank Darts, you know. Frank Darts, check him out. He just released a beat a beat tape yesterday on that piff. If you put Frank darts with a Z instead of a S, um, yeah, you'll see it. You know, it's like, it's called beats for rappers, but yeah, he, he, uh, he did a couple tracks like, um, did I, is that track on it? Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he did a couple of, he did the hands up high jump, you know, uh, we here to stick up the crowd, put your hands up high, but we ain't robbing you tonight, so why your hands in the sky? Because we got that heat, why they speak nothing but lies, they told me. I won the prize, and I wasn't surprised. Gather all the profits up. That junk here, he did that beat on the album. Um, 
you know, um, like my boy Marlon, uh, Sheesh Music, he did the intro a la carte beat, you know what I mean? And then other cats like this cat from uh, Denmark, Utility Beats, <laughs> he does most of my beats, he's my main producer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, but just I've been working with them and buying, and like leasing their beats, some of them I bought exclusives i damn i bought like maybe like nine exclusives last year i bought a bunch of exclusives last year donna nicks donna nicks poor donna nicks um he's from up in uh massachusetts you know say this uh this this white cat he cool as shit he is a real dope hip-hop producer man this dude he lost all his beats and shit off his computer like he lost everything that he'd been working on for the past few years and had to start over. It's crazy. But I, I bought, um, which was shot that walk across the bridge, walk across the bridge, but don't burn it. If you do, you know what I mean? Like, so like if you Ooh. win, go ahead, talk your shit. Cause you earned it. Yeah. Yeah. That giant. So yeah. But, um, yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. I know it's a long answer, but that's pretty much what it was. I had just been building up buying exclusives, investing in myself, because, you know, my record label's For My Mama Records, LLC. It's a real LLC, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just investing in my company, you know what I mean? Owning my music, because who knows? Maybe someone might like a beat off of one of my songs, and I said, all right, and lease it out for a commercial and get rich off of that by investing in that exclusive, and you know what I mean? So that's all it was. I think that's very intelligent, you know, because, it, it, I mean, for me, you know, um, I'm putting out a mixtape, and I'm not too worried about, you know, uh, you know, buying, getting exclusives, exclusives and leasing, because this is just like the, the music I'm putting out. But, you know, I think, you know, when you, <laughs> you're coming around, you're making an album, you know, I really think you did all did, did the process so good. You know, you really took a, a smart route as an independent artist, especially, you know, knowing you from last year getting to talk to you and see your growth and actually listen to the album. I was very proud, you know, because I, I got to say, I think you sound like such a cohesive sound to you that it didn't feel like you were not trying to be anyone else on the album. It was 100% album. I mean, A yeah. St. George. And yeah. I, I want, I wanted to yeah. ask you about, and I wanted to ask you about the intro card, uh, a look, uh, the intro song, a la carte. And uh, one of, I think my favorite, I want to put this on a shirt, and it says, if I make curry chicken, I'll be taking her heart. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so what it is, uh, it's a la carte, actually, so a la carte. Oh, a la carte, sorry, yeah, a la carte. It's <laughs> first term. So it's, that's like when you, and they used to have it up at restaurants, I think even Chick-fil-A, but now I think they just have it as entree. But, like, a la carte, it means, like, uh, it's like it's like the burger without the fries, you know? Yeah, this is just the main dish, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I said, yeah, you can't finish without making a start. I can't cook a curry chicken without taking her heart. I try and help her put it together, not break it apart. She said our thoughtful conversations been making her smart. Said I gas up so much, it been making her fart. She don't mind that I smoke weed, I blaze and I spark. I cook it homemade with the hollandaise a la carte. No chips, no fries, no sides. She want a la carte. <laughs> you understand? So that was yeah. That's interesting because I was when I first like looked at the title, I was thinking of like the trade law, you know, a la carte. I was thinking of like some other shit. So when like I didn't know that restaurants they use them terminology. So thank you for explaining that to me. I think that's really creative. 
You said you were th- you were looking up a trade law. No, I yeah exactly. Like, Alucard, I think at one point it was like some sort of like uh, I, I, like I'm not too well read, read up on this, but I remember in high school it, it was used in some sort of historical context. I can't remember, but I mean that, that's really interesting because I did not know like wow like you can actually be like I don't want these sides, no fries, no cheese, nothing. Like that's really <laughs> so. What what it says uh. Uh, but it really, I think I may I I may have even said it. Um, well, the way I said it is like incorrect, but correct. I I think at the same time because I just looked up. Yeah, you gotta use Google, man. I just looked up uh, a la carte on Google, and it says listing or serving food that can be ordered as separate items rather than part of a set meal, as separately priced items from a menu, not as part. So I think even like fries. Fries, if you order fries alone, but they just never list it. I've never seen at a restaurant listed as a la carte. They don't use it as much anymore, so that's why, you know, uh, I don't know. You know they be beefing with the French. Like, you know, they even changed the – at one one point, French fries were, were freedom fries. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I remember yeah. that. Those fucking yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, they tried it, but it didn't work. But, like, yeah, so I could believe – because I was at Chick-fil-A, and I remember because – my I, I went to school. I went to college at George Mason University. We had a Chick Fil A. My major is media production and criticism. So it's like if I like I said, if I get famous off of this rapping, the school gonna have to honor me for excelling in my field, you know. But uh, anyhow, we had a Chick Fil A. Used to say a la carte on the menu. Yeah, but the Chick Fil A I went to the other day when I got my chicken sandwich said entree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right, yeah. So this is starting to make more sense, yeah, because entree, like, but entree still French. French. I don't know. I don't know why they would. It's still French, but it don't sound as French as à la carte. You know, à la carte. Yeah, it sounds like you really <laughs> fucking know French. I mean, I, I, I mean, it sounds like you really know French when you say it. And I think like what's really dope in the song is like I noticed like throughout the album, you know, women are kind of a focal point. And um, you do speak a little bit on relationships here and there. And uh, I, I want to ask you know like. You know, coming into this album, like, was that a conscious, a conscious, I know you were putting together tracks, but was it more of a conscious decision to really put your heart on display and just talk about these things? Yeah, you know, it's like you got to, I'm trying to um, figure out my my angle, and I think my angle, my best angle is the angle that Tupac told Cass to take, you know, the the ladies, you know what I'm saying? So... I feel like yeah, it was a conscious, it was a conscious decision because I also got you know I feel like I also got some real raw rap in here, you know what I mean? So like like the ladies they you know they don't really be too not a lot of them don't be too into the raw raw rap. So you got to include them too in it, you know what I mean? Make them really feel included, you know what I mean? So you gonna you gonna have a song like uh like without you you know what I'm saying featuring the beat Don and Fresh like you gonna have a song like that on the album you know what I mean because like yeah that that's something that they need to hear just to make them feel included you know for the whole song with a little R and B dude singing on the hook. <laughs> I, know. I really, I really enjoyed, yeah, the mix because what I, what I learned about the album, like, yeah, because you would mix in, you know, you would talk about like deep things, you would have your introspection, you would mix, uh, and when you said real spit, it's like you took the core fundamental concepts of hip hop, and you really uh, 
to me, made a really cohesive album, too, because even, like, some of the beats, like, that are varied and different, it still has a similar feel. And I really, like, I like how you captured, like, it's almost like, you know, you captured that lightning in the bottle because it's hard for people to keep a consistent sound on an album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and one of my favorite songs, I want to talk about this one, is uh, Vatican. And one quote I really love on this record, I really like this song. And you, mm-hmm. wrote, you wrote, I adore togetherness and resent division. Hip-hop's a condominium, I'm in the rent division. If you could yeah. explain, that, explain that a little bit, um, I would love that. Yeah, so it's like, I basically, you know, I'm about the positivity and not the negativity. Like, you listen to the album, I'm not uh I'm not shooting up nobody's block. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not robbing nobody or selling nobody crap. Like, so I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting any gang, regardless of if there was, like, anyone who, like, even if I work with somebody who's affiliated with a gang, I'm not, like, you know, because a lot of cats do that. You know, I'm not promoting no gangs. It's like a peace thing. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You know what I mean? If I was if I was running with a gang and who I was running with by listening to my album, because there's nothing to indicate anything like that. You know, so that's why I say I adore togetherness and resent division. Hip hop's a condominium. I'm in the rent division, meaning like cats like me. What's up? What's up, Yana? My friend just joined. I'm on the live right now. Hell but yeah! I'm, Fuck yeah! Yeah. So one of my um friends just join but like yeah so hip-hop's a condominium i'm in the rent division meaning like cats like me is going to keep a cat that really ain't a rapper that's just a studio rapper up to task because like i'm like what i call a two-foot rapper like on two feet anywhere without a beat or with a beat whatever like I, I I got something that that can make the crowd say ooh or make someone chuckle or whatever, and you better have that too if you say you're a rapper. Cause I see many a cat get frustrated in my presence because like they feel like I, I, I'm I'm hamming it up and soaking up the spotlight when it comes to rapping. But it's like no, nah, dog. I I was just prepared to rap, you know, at any moment. Cause like they say, you never know. You could meet Jay Z at the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? And whoop de woo, I I saw um what's his name Young Bird, <clears throat> I saw Young Bird talk about like he was at a party. Now his name is Hitmaker. He was at a party and like someone uh, Jay Z was there with LeBron James I think and all that. And Jay Z was leaving and someone stopped Jay Z that Jay Z must have known said Hey Jay you ain't heard shit till you heard this little nigga spit or whatever whoop de woo. And then Berg spat, and it was like it opened so many doors because it created a bidding war between DMX and Jay-Z for Young Berg because off of that one time when Jay-Z heard Young Berg spit, he said he spat like 32 bars, like, you know, two verses, you know? Always be prepared, you see? That's what my homegirls said. Always be prepared, you know? Um, always be always be prepared, man. She just said it on the live. Yeah. Gotta be prepared. So that's where it is. I'm keeping. You know, I'm uh, hip hop's a condominium. I'm in the rent division. You could be moved out. You could be evicted at any time. You know what I'm saying? That's what real that shit, means. Real shit. I mean, yeah, yeah it's so yeah. unforgiving. I mean, I don't want to interrupt. Continue. Nah, you good? You good? So unforgiving. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> you know? 
Oh yeah, but I feel like you were on a really good tangent. I didn't want to. I don't want to disrupt your flow or anything. Oh uh, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I made the point. I made the point. You doing yeah. good, man. You a good interviewer, man. Like yeah, I like I like your style. I appreciate. It. I try to kind of keep it, yeah, you know, open conversation. Um, you know, just kind of like for me, like you're the artist, like you're the focal point, and I, I really agree with you because, you know, as someone like you know, I've gone and uh, especially man, like. You know, I mean, I've I've gone to these, like, small underground shows in Portland. And one thing I really noticed is that, like, at the end of the day, like, if a lot of, like, I've seen rappers go up on stage, like, they don't know their own lyrics. And it makes me think if they don't know their own lyrics, you know, like, they're not going to be prepared to battle or freestyle. So it's like, it's like respect factor where it's, it's like important. you need to have all three ready and loaded. You need to know your shit. You need to know how to freestyle. And you need to know how to battle. You might need some punchlines in the clip. You never know. You never know. You know. I swear to God, I'm not a battle rapper. I'm not a battle rapper, but I started, I ain't gonna lie, I started out battling, and then people was like, wow, you kind of good. It was a fun thing, you know what I mean? Just to see who was in high school, you know. I started, because, what, I was 13, you know. I said me and my cousin, the Baker's that I was 13 when I started writing a little bit, but battling was like the thing that a lot of the young guys was doing just freestyling and see who could freestyle the best. And I was pretty good at it, but I branched off. So I don't battle because I know battle rappers that write battle raps and that's it. You know what I mean? Like my boy Killing Him. Uh, she she uh, write battle. Killing Him was in this, uh, there was some rap league and it was like a tag team rap thing. Him and this dude Tahoe from Harlem. There was a tag, but like anyhow, like I know real battle rappers and I'm not ready for that because these cats literally have, Rhyme books of just just disses, you know what I mean? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is that rhyme, yes, yes. And, and I, I'm glad that cats admit that they write their shit now, but it's still like that's crazy. It's like a recital, you know. That's like a that's what that's what white people call a recital for their kids when they recite in Shakespeare. That's what that's what a black person was. That's why I say to the people like that's what white people call a recital, man. Like you know, you wrote uh, you wrote. 20 minutes of, of 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 poetry, of prose, you know what I mean? Literally, of prose, you know, P-R-O-S-E, like Shakespeare, and, and split it up, and you make it fun of someone's stuff, and you, you predicted what they might wear, and you, know, you had a line just in case, such and such. With, that's a lot. I think battle rap, you know, again, it's kind of like when you're a battle rap, it, when you're a battle rapper to me, I kind of, it's like this weird mix. It's almost like you're, you're a fucking lyrical athlete slash artist in a sense. It's like a, it's like martial arts. I think it's like, it's like the martial art of hip hop, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there there are certain people who have a black belt in battle rap alone. Like, uh, you know, like I said, if you want, if anyone wants to check out great battle raps, uh, Go check out, go on URL and look at DNA versus Disaster because that that is arguably the greatest rap battle of all time that's ever been filmed because it's so razor sharp and close that it's like I don't know if you can pick a winner. It's so good. Okay, okay, okay. You said DNA and Disaster. Yeah, dude, those are, those dudes are scary good, bro. I, I, like, I think I did see that show. I, yeah. Yeah, they're so good. I like this cat named Tay Rock too. He's pretty good, man. Uh, I heard like some of his stuff. Like some of his stuff is really on point. But yeah, nah. You see what I'm saying? It's unbelievable. So like, but those guys, ironically, aren't the guys who are 
leading at the forefront of hip hop. They got to they got to literally like sing and dance for they suffer. They got to, you know what I mean? They got to battle to eat. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of these like if you look at the double XL freshman list, like none of these guys on there have to battle to eat. They don't have to they really don't even have to perform too much. If they, you know, if they they're just performing because it's smart, you know, make the money while you can, you know what I mean. But like they're making money off of streams and all this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know who these guys are, man. Like I heard of this artist uh, named Comethazine from my friend. They say he said he's on the double XL freshman list. I didn't hear about him until my friend told me about him yesterday. I never knew about him, but this guy has over a million followers, so. You know what I mean? They're not rapping all over the place. He has six posts on his Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like, he's not... So, yeah. I honestly think... It's weird. I'm going to be completely honest. I feel like Uh a lot of people buy their followers. I just think this is the truth. Because I just don't get how you can have, again, six posts on your page and just have that many followers. So... I mean, yeah, they probably have a team behind them or something, but, like, they have a million followers off of six posts, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I fuck with Comethazine a little bit, but it's kind of like, shit, like, that many followers? What the fuck? Like, but you see, like, you like if you see video of uh, their shows, people know every word, and they'd be like a packed house. So I'm like, damn, I guess, like, people really do fuck with them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I fuck with the cat Comethazine a, a bit, too, because, like, what it happened was, I guess he had he had released the acapella, and my boy Frank Dutch did a uh, re, he did like a mashup on the acapella that is vicious, yeah. Um, I'll let you hear it later, but like yeah, it sounds really good. You know what I mean? Like he made a beat behind the acapella as if like the guy was rapping on the beat. Yeah, it was it's really good. But yeah, yeah, like you see what I'm saying? Like it don't matter if you can rap for the most part, your ego might get hurt in a setting like a house party, like that I would I would warn any rapper. In a setting like a house party where it's a small, intimate setting, uh, I mean, it don't matter if you sold 10 million records. If there's some kid there that they say can rap and he starts rapping and you rap and he starts rapping circles around you and you, you can't come up with no lyrics, you're stumbling and this and that, like um, people going to... Um, People gonna they're gonna overlook you in a way because like even if you you can be great but it's kind of like it's like you're an amazing athlete but you don't perform as well on like one day and like that's going to be the impression of you you know yeah and in this day and age it could go viral you know and it could be a bad look <laughs> it could be a bad yeah it's weird you know like in in this sort i want to ask you a little bit about like the social media kind of a uh, influence on hip hop now like have you ever heard of something called scam rap? Have you ever heard of this shit scam rap yeah dude like there are rappers now i I saw this like video on a I think it was complex, but apparently there's this new trend where like rappers are bragging, you know, they're kind of moving away from, like, the like the original, like, you know, gangster shit, and they're talking more about credit card scams. Like, there's, there's a subset, kind of like a subculture of hip-hop where, like, you know, they're, they're rapping about credit card scamming. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like, 
even like my my man's other day, Kodak Black, I think he be saying stuff like that in his raps stuff about he was scamming. <laughs> like so uh yeah, nah, it's like a it's like a thing, like, cause that's what people is doing, man. That's what people is doing. I seen this thing pop up on my Instagram feed talking about they selling Jordans for uh thirty five dollars, you know, flash sale. <laughs> like and and they're like, Okay, so you go on so I went on to the thing. I'm like, Okay. I'm like, All right. And it's like it says 'cause the thing said we accept PayPal. So I went through everything, the whole process now to put in the payment information now. Uh no 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 PayPal. No PayPal. Um ain't no PayPal giant there. Hold on a second, I got a call on the other line. Hold on a oh, second. No worries, man. No worries. Put on Hello? Hey. Yeah, my fault, man. This is crazy, yo. So, I don't know. It was just, it was just crazy. Someone was calling me about something that is, they should have called me about months ago. I mean, it's wild. But anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. I can, I can just edit, edit that out. You're no, it's no worries, man. All right. But, um, yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, picking up where we left off, we were talking a little bit about uh, scam rap. And uh, you were talking about, like, you know, you saw a sale for a pair of Jordans, uh, $35? Yeah, and it's on Instagram. And so it goes to the payment confirmation, like, to the payment options now. And on the home page, it said we accept PayPal. But when you get to the end, they're, they're just asking for your card. There's no PayPal option. So that means they just want your card. Because with PayPal, you're protected. You know what I mean? With your card... You 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 can easily be compromised, you know. Like your bank, yeah, your bank insures you up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever. To be honest, that's why they get away with it so much because at the end of the day, it's like people are getting their money back. You know what I mean? They get their money back from the bank, so they're not like going crazy and bringing the law into it on a different level. Now, and I guess the banks. They don't really have time for like these little mo- amounts of money to uh, call the police every time because it seems like they're just like they wait until it's like a real big hit to really bring the law enforcement in. And for the most part, it seems like they're just <laughs> using other people's overdraft fees and 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 you know paying people the money to get in scam. You know, banks be killing with them overdraft fees, so they make a killer. So they probably don't feel it because I don't know how it how how you could do that. You're on Instagram. You had to use an email that should be able to be tracked to like a device to so you know what I mean. It should be easy, but now nah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, so that's how they rapping. They rapping what they living. You know, it's interesting. I have um, I have a family member, uncle, and I visited him in San Francisco this year, and. He was telling me, you know, he works in cybersecurity, and I asked him, you know, I said, hey, uh, you know, as far as the government <laughs> and uh, the banking systems go, I said, how how good is cybersecurity? And he said, well, they're kind of below the curve, and uh, that makes you think, right? And like he works in cybersecurity, so it really make made me think, like, oh shit, like this is someone who works in that field who's really well educated. So and what like, did he say about it? He said it's kind of what. 
that they're uh, kind of lagging, like that they're not really taking it as seriously as they should. Yeah, yeah, because it seems, I don't know, I don't know why they do that, but like, yeah, I think maybe it's just like the cost is is so much to try and prosecute and go after all of these guys, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it, and, you know, because they're so, they're so crafty, you know what I'm saying? It's so shifty and crafty. It's like you really would have to like, and there are real crimes going on at the same time. So it's like you'd have to focus on them too much. And so they're like whatever, we'll just worry about other stuff like murders and drugs. And like uh, if we catch some of those idiots slipping on the way, we'll make examples of them. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, uh-huh. I just thought it. I, I just I kind of thought it up because I just kind of thought it was interesting. Like I, I just never. It was like weird because we you know I was scrolling on YouTube and I, I looked at it. I was like, wait, what scam rap? Like this is. What like I I didn't know like it was like to me like it was like the weird some of the weirdest shit I think I've seen all year like I was like this is I, I guess this is this is what you know young people like this is our new crime of choice I guess like cyber shit like internet you know and it kind of makes sense yeah. yeah but uh low risk high reward but I want to talk about this one record down and I I I like the hook of it where you go. I promise I ain't wearing a wire, and I can see you like the way I wear my attire. You and mm-hmm. me might be together till the day we expire. And I know it's kind of self-explanatory in the hook and everything, mm-hmm. but I was asking you, I want to ask you know, if you could kind of break down this song for me a little bit and uh, just kind of dish out the details and uh, what it was like writing it. Yeah, down, like, so down, that started, uh, it started with the hook, you know. I just, like, um... I heard the beat and I was like, "Wow, that's a utility beats beat." That's the kid from Denmark, and um, I heard the I heard the beat and I was like, "I, I definitely bought this exclusive." But I, I heard the beat and I was like, "Damn, you know." So I started freestyling, and, you know, and when I my freestyle came out, I was used to show me up. Now you show me love. Now only dance with me when I score the touchdown. Now you wanna treat me and give me a rub down. Cause you heard shut the motherfucking club down, like so. It was just a freestyle, you know what I mean? But when it, so, it, it just came together like that, you know. It just came together like that. Like I was just flowing with the beat, really, and it just started making sense, you know. Because that's what I felt. I felt that emotion. It felt like a, it felt like a, remorseful. It felt like a remorseful type of beat but it, it remorseful but forceful you know like um like something like damn like you know you should have did better you know what i'm saying type I thing mean, I, I think what i like about the record is i think a lot of people have probably felt that way in their life and i think i think one thing i gotta say about the album overall i feel like this is one of the most uh relatable albums i've heard come out in the year because i think you know, like deep down, like I'm listening to it and I feel like a lot, it's going to connect with a lot of people because earlier in the interview, you were talking about how, you know, you're yourself, you know, you're not talking about some shit you're not doing and you're not trying to live up to a fake image. And I really do see the benefits of that. And I do think that we are in an era where being yourself is the most, one of the most important things, especially if you're marketing yourself, making music, you know, I, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to talk about 
blend Oh, and I wanted to add one more thing about that last thing you said. So also in that song, it's like um, I'm kind of like comparing. It's like my one of my little hip. It's like my little hip hop thing. I'm kind of comparing hip hop to a woman. So I was like, just a little rhyme about my rhyme, but give me some time. So it's like the love of your life. So it's like basically like what I turned it into. Like it just became this. So what I turned it into was a song. It, you know, I was thinking as I was going along and writing it and going along, and it's like um, it took me like a couple of weeks, I think, to write the full song. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I had to revisit it. I don't stay on one thing too long. I'll, like, drop a verse and then, like, won't even check it back for, like, a couple months sometimes. And then I'll build another verse. But, like, basically, like, with my my thing with hip-hop, I had stopped rapping altogether at a certain point in my um at a certain point in my 20s, like, for a couple years, I didn't, like, I didn't spit a verse. I just was a working man, you know what I'm saying, and doing what I do. You know what I mean? To make money living on my own in the world. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? Because I just like, I didn't want to mess with hip hop. I didn't like the direction. I didn't want to sell out. And I didn't feel like people was ready to hear a rapper. Like, now I feel they're ready. You know, they're accepting guys like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. Now now they see that, yeah, lyrics can be cool for real, you know, on a different level. So now I feel like, yeah, now I'm ready to come back. But yeah, so that's why I was like, you know, it's like you and me. Like in the chorus, I'm saying like, yeah, now you want to show me love because like you see that now, now they ready to hear what I got, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's like we gonna be together regardless, you know what I'm saying? Me and hip hop gonna be together to the day that we die. So yeah, so I compared it like you know to like a true love, you know what I'm saying? So it's like hip hop and a true love. That that's cool that you you took out that that line, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was because I did kind of have a feeling like that there was a double that there was a double meaning behind the song. But what yes. I like about the hook is is like you kind of leave from the verse where it's uh what was it? you had a line where uh, like um I think you you said I feel you uh like like TSA you're feeling me I can't remember the exact line but it led into the hook to the point oh, where okay. like I it, oh no you you okay. say it. Okay, so uh, that was like TSA, don't pat me down. So um, yeah, just in time. So uh, what is it? How do it even go, man? Like, I ain't even. I swear, I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in a productive mode. I'm in a I get you're working mode. on new music. I get it. And I'm asking you to go back to old shit. It's okay. I'm about to, I'm about to hear. Yeah, and and for everyone like listening, like I remember I. Yeah, I called Ob and he was in the studio working. So this guy works hard, you know. So I understand, you know. Like honestly, I can't remember like some nice shit from my older project, so it's understandable, you know. I'm full speed ahead, ain't no backing down. Left, but I needed bread, so I'm back in town. Reality will make a laughing clown have to frown. Feel me, but like TSA, don't pat me down. <laughs> yeah. I promise I ain't wearing a wire, and I can see that you like the way I wear my attire, and you and me should be together till the day we expire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, like with me, like, with warming up, I do listen to the songs just to keep them fresh in my head. So, like, for, like, a warm-up for performance, I'm pretty good at performing. Warm-up for performance, I just have to, like, listen to the tracks a couple times, you know what I mean? And then I'll, like, get it back. But, like, yeah. That's crazy. Sometimes it be like that. Yeah, you forget your shit altogether. You know what I mean? 
like down. Okay, hold on a second, because I ain't sat down in a couple in a couple of days. Like you know, what I mean, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah you probably, well, dude, you're busy as hell. You're one of the busiest dudes I know, and like that's the thing. I, since you since you brought it up, you know, like, do you have any advice? Because I actually did. I uploaded a podcast a couple of days ago called uh, Six Rules uh, to Be a Good Hip Hop Performer." And do you have any? Do you have any like uh, rituals? Do you have any advice or anything that you keep in mind to make sure that you deliver when you perform? If you're going to really perform, you got to do what I call a rundown. So, like, literally, like, if you're going to really be performing, you got to figure out what are what are your top tracks and then what are your top verses. You don't have to perform the full song all the time. You need to keep the performance spicy. If you just got a couple lines that are funny, you know what I mean, drop them in there, you know what I'm saying, like, you need to learn how to splice your performance as if it was like a highlight reel. You know what I'm saying? So what I normally do, I, I'd say like for a young artist coming out, like, and what I'm working on right now is like just crafting a good little 10-minute performance. You know what I mean? That you have a 10-minute rundown, you know what I mean? Where it's like it's 10 minutes of different raps that you've mixed together. You know? Um that's like, a, if you can do that, if you can mix 10 minutes of your shit, like where you're telling a DJ, yo, DJ, go to track number seven. You know what I mean? Where you had seven, that was like, you know, you, you skipping. You're like, go to track number seven, because that's what you feel in the crowd need. And then you spit something for track number seven and get the crowd. You just got to think of a reaction, you know what I mean? And actually think of performing it. Cats nowadays, they're thinking about just being hype and having energy. They, like you said, they don't know the lyrics. They have the backtrack playing at the performance and all these things. Like, I mean, do whatever works for you. But I'd say if you're if you're thinking about actually rapping, yeah, you gotta you gotta be your biggest fan first of all, your own biggest fan. Listen to your shit and rap it like you was a fan of yourself. You know what I mean? Because the fans be rapping the song better than the rappers. Because the fans listen and actually recite. Rappers just be living their life. <laughs> and yeah. I agree, you know, that's great advice because, you know, I've gone to shows and I think one one pet peeve is, yeah, where it's like they're not really rapping. It's like they're playing the backing track and they're lip syncing. And it's yes. just, it, kind of, it takes away because it's like, it's almost like you look at it and I feel like rappers, a lot of rappers have fra- fragile egos to the point where they want to put up this front of perfection. So it's like, I'm just going to play my song and lip sync and it's going to sound perfect, and I won't blah, blah, blah. But it's like, at the same time, man, a performance, like, to me, like, is you're taking, like, your your work, and then you're bringing it to life on stage. So when that happens to me, it's kind of like, you know, I know, like, they have, like, this fear of, like, you know, this of, you know, not being perfect, you know, per se. But, like, to me, like, the farthest thing from perfect is playing your backtrack and lip syncing. So I really agree with you there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, you 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 got to use some backtracks, like for the hook and stuff like that's understandable. You know what I mean? Little oh things yeah, like for that. sure. Maybe little, little ad libs that you know. I like I like that. I I like especially when a rapper got a DJ that got the ad libs on the pad. So like it'd be like <laughs> he press up he press a button and this shit say fuck that shit. You know what I mean? I like that. <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it echoes and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, like like stuff like that makes a concert spicy. 
You know what I mean? But that's some that that's the next level though. That's like when you got a DJ. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. Yeah, man. As a as an artist that ain't got no DJ that's just going to open mics and um little you know what I mean, showcases and shit like that. Dog, just really, really know how to rap your shit, man. And I think the best way to know how to rap your own shit is rap your shit on different beats. Practice rapping your shit on different beats that are like other people's beats. You know what I mean? Because now you're actually, you're actually catching the song. You're practicing catching the lyrics, catching the song. So, because you're gonna have to really keep up to tempo with the different tempos than which you're used to. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna challenge you, but you're probably gonna achieve it if. You know, if the song isn't too difficult for the tempos you picking, but it's like it, it, it's something that gets you real wavy, and, and you always be prepared to spit that verse. You know what I mean? And and do you have any uh, rituals before you get on stage? Like, do you like to meditate? I, everyone has something else, like you know, that they like to do. You know, what do you like to do? You know, before you get on stage, you know, what what is the preparation like? Smoke weed, make sure that I've taken a good shit and pissed, you know, drink water, <laughs> drink water, yeah. take take my my multivitamins if I hadn't take, taken them uh, already, you know what I'm saying, just uh, be charged, you know what I mean, maybe drink some coffee, you know what I mean, but not too much, I don't want to get too excited, like, uh, I don't really like to drink alcohol, though, I don't think, I, I heard Ludacris say, like, he had, he, like, you know when he was starting out, like he had to drink before he get. I can, I don't I can't really I get tongue tied when I drink. You know what I mean? When I smoke weed, I don't get tongue tied. But when I um as long as I'm hydrated, you know, if I have cotton mouth, if I'm not hydrated, if I don't have like water to at least be able to sip on, then yeah, I might get tongue tied and have to say hold up. You know what I'm saying? That's something. I hope I don't have to do that in a real concert. But I mean, you gonna have. I will. Uh, every artist has to stop a concert to drink water. You know what I mean? Like that's a uh, if they're gonna perform long enough, I that's a regular thing, you know. But um, yeah, man. But yeah, that, that's it. Just like meditate, just like yeah, know my songs, listen to my stuff on the way up there. I don't like to listen to other people's shit. Just like I, I need to just be listening to my shit and like really grinding, really practicing as much as possible to the last minute. And then when I get out there, it's gonna be like yeah, second nature. It's not gonna be like I'm struggling. It's like second nature. Oh, yeah, exactly. I kind of, you know, I always compare, like, hip-hop to martial arts and stuff. It's like sometimes, you know, like, like, cause, like for me, you know, I'm kind of in a weird period where I'm not going to be performing until uh, 2020. Um, I, I got, like, certain, I got music coming out, you know, and everything. I might, you know, maybe do a performance in November or December, but overall, I'm really not kicking everything in the gear until next year. So it's like, but when, like, the time comes and, like, let's say I'm five days out from the show, it's like mm-hmm. you, I ramp it up, you know what I mean? I like to ramp it up, you know, and just go mm-hmm. harder and just like, you know, kind of like, yeah, just practice more. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that, man, because since, since I've known you, that's one thing you've always preached is uh, the concept of practice. And mm-hmm. if there's any, I want to ask, you know, is there any advice that you could give to a up-and-coming hip-hop artist? Because, you know, I want to say this, you you put out an album, you have an LLC with your own record label, you're, you're uh, leasing and getting exclusive instrumentals. You're doing something right, and I think that your mind is really well equipped. So, if there's any advice you'd like to give, what would it be? The the advice I'd like to give would be, um, yeah, like, don't be afraid to just 
don't be afraid to be yourself, like, and to not be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you don't have to sound, don't like, don't be afraid of rejection. The only thing that you need, to, if you're a rapper, I can only speak for rappers because I'm a rapper. If you're a rapper, the only thing you should be worried about is how your shit rhyme and is if what you're saying is truthful. You know what I mean? And how it flows. Do your shit ride to a beat? Are you telling the truth? Or are you making up stories? You know what I'm saying? Um, or like, if you even making other stories, are the stories genuine? You know what I'm saying? Are they real? You know what I mean? Like real type stories? Like, cause that's okay to make up some stories. Like, like every rapper does. Shine, Shine is one of the. He's a very respected rapper. He had a whole album where he was like Shine Poe, some fictional character, and getting in shootouts and all these things that you know. What I mean. Obviously, we knew he was about that life, but it's, it was definitely a ultra exaggeration of his life. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but we respected it because the story was kind of like, yeah. So, if that's all you should worry about the music. You know what I mean? I see too many cats. They worry about their wardrobe. They worry about all this other stuff, like everything but the music, man. You go on their page, you got you got to scroll for like a little while before you see a video of them rapping. Yeah, <laughs> that might just be a clip of a music video. Like they not they not even rapping for their fans on Instagram. Like they afraid, man. So don't be that guy. That's what I say. Don't be that guy because, like, yo, you might get left behind a lot. There's some real young kids that are coming up that can really rap, and, and I think some guys' feelings are gonna get hurt in a couple years. Like little kids, like uh, Little D. You heard of Little D from Brooklyn? I mean, I not from not. from Coney, Coney Island, Coney Island. He's not from Brooklyn. I think he's from Coney Island. Is it? Look up Little D. I'll, I'll actually, I'll send you his uh, link. Very, yeah, yeah. very. He's a he's oh, a kid. Oh, Texas man. He's a kid and he can rap and it's like he gets a very strong response. Like the celebrities are are you know what I mean liking his stuff and like you know what I mean Michael Rappaport always like reposts his videos and stuff like that. so it, it, guys like this are really like hip hop is taking a turn back and that's what they even said I heard like you know what I mean they've reported like uh through the media mill that it's like the labels are trying to take it back to like a, a 90s vibe and it's true you've seen there's been a lot of 90s remakes coming out like a lot of a lot of 90s songs are being remade they're trying to bring that sound back, but like with the new, a new enhanced '90s sound, you know what I mean? And I like that, but like it's gonna hurt some rappers who can't rap. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> Don't because be it, it's really actually funny you said that because the the evolution of things. It's like I feel like you know. Like that kind of like don't get me wrong, there's still clout chasing. That era is still somewhat prevalent. But I think you know, like I said, I, I feel like the tides are turning, and people are like, okay, we've had fun with the bullshit, you know. And, and like that music, like I, I think even you know, for instance, Twenty One Savage. What I got to say about him is that I when I first heard him, I saw him in the Double XL stuff. I didn't like him. I was like, man, this guy's lazy. But as he's really grown on me with his new music, like his previous music, I really didn't like. But his he's, new music, he's really he's grown, grown as a person. No, I agree with you. He's grown as a person. Like he is grown. I said, like he when he did the uh, what was it, Jimmy Kimmel, and then they arrested him the next week. I arrested him the week after when he did the um, 
it was the the conscious rap. Uh, like yeah, he was talking about the whole deportation. <laughs> then they arrested him like a week later. But like when he did that, I was like, oh, he done stepped into a different realm. Like you know, I mean, which is good. That's what people do, you know. And they say us men, like I, I think what they say, a man's brain isn't fully developed until he's like twenty seven or something. Like that. I don't know. Is that correct? Something like, but like mid twenties. So I believe that young, man. He's a young man who, you know what I mean, just happened to come into a, a bright spotlight at a young age, and we just got to see part of his growth and growing. So, yeah, I respect that, man. That's dope. Yeah, and, and what's sad is like, you see certain artists like Kodak Black where you kind of see, like, the danger of what happens when you don't grow because, no offense to Kodak, I don't think Kodak has really put in an effort to change or, you know, kind of improve. Well, if I see him... Um, you know, like I'll see a certain artists, you know, from Double XL where they're really trying to improve, you know, and I think that's really interesting to see. But I feel like you, especially like the underground scene, I mean, I, I've always felt like this. I think the underground is, is going to become more and more mainstream because of the Internet. And what I love about like you being in Washington, D.C. is, you know, I think like D.C., like DC, like by the way, like the the DC, Maryland, Virginia, like that area is known for putting out some of the best artists, you know, in yeah. hip hop. So I think you I know you're going to continue Arlington, that lineage. Virginia, by the way, my bad. Sorry, cause I grew up in Arlington, Virginia. I had had a shout out Arlington though, but yeah, I do stay in DC, and like you know, people would know me for living in DC. Yeah, yeah DMV like, area, yeah. Yeah, for the past like half decade, you know what I mean. But um, yeah, nah, DMV area that like I literally Arlington's on the border. Like we could ride our bikes into DC in like ten, fifteen minutes. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we got some artists. We got some artists that that's doing YBN Corday. Uh, he's from Merlin. You know what I mean? Uh, Logic, you know Wale, Shy Glizzy, Fat Trev. Yeah, you know, say genuine, like genuine. The 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 bachelor, <laughs> just a bachelor. <laughs> like yeah, he from out here. You know, say it's just thorough. Dave Chappelle from out here. He from Silver Spring. Tommy uh, Davidson from out here. Martin Lawrence from out here. All right, I, Tommy Davidson is from out here, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like it's a lot. Like we thorough out here. It's thorough out here. That's I'll say that it's really for as for being black. Cause remember, DC used to be Chocolate City. It's amazing we don't have more rappers that's out there. I think because our best rappers, a lot of them end up getting locked up or killed. You know what I mean? I, really, if you check the 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 news mill, a lot of these cats be getting killed out. That's another reason why I don't perform a lot out here because it be so hot. You know what I'm saying? I remember I had this performance. Like you had to pay the performance a showcase. They were recording. They're gonna re- release a DVD, and I got my girl there at the time and whatnot. And then uh, I got my my I got my video man. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my white friends did a video. Like this is like a a a, a well-to-do like preppy white dude. You know he likes hip hop and he's there to video for me. And he's he's there. <laughs> they start shooting outside. And it's it sounds like they like they shoot it inside and I'm like I run and then um my girl trips and like you know, people like stepping on her. I have to crawl back to her and that's like performing in the D M V. That's a regular thing. I yeah, that's not the I've been to another performance to support somebody 
and the cops is apprehending somebody in the parking lot after a fight and got someone with a gun. And, like, so what was he going to do with that gun if the cops ain't apprehending? You know what I mean? Like, that's performing. That's like an artist in a DMV. So I kind of try and lay low, man, because it is hot. It is real out here, you know. And and I want to ask you, you know, because, like, what do you think it is about Washington, D.C., or, or or the DMV in general? Why do you think it cultivates so much art? And do you think it has, I, I mean, like, do you think it might have, like, any relation to the political atmosphere? Because I notice, like, anywhere, like, with a heavy political atmosphere, I feel like, like, the, the reason art can thrive is because it's there. I always felt like art exists to push against politics or to push a different kind of politics. You know what I mean? Um, so so what do you think about the environment, and how do you think it, it helps cultivate, you know, artistry? Oh, yeah, definitely, because, like, for one, the museums are free, you know. Like, and you have, so, as a kid, even, you're going to the museums and you're seeing real art. And, and the funny thing is, like, when you go into the museum, you always, like, uh, it's normal to hear the sounds of the city go-go. Go-go music where they, like, they uh, they hitting the drums in, like, a African Congo sound pattern, you know what I mean? Sometimes they use buckets or whatever to make that Congo sound. But, like, um, you know, you know what I mean? That, 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 that real go-go, like, oh, pocket. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, Chuck Brown. Like uh, they called him the Godfather Go Go, in which you know he truly was. He took it to a different level, you know what I'm saying? Um, so um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Like yeah, it's just the city. It's like it's like uh, art is so respected. There's so many. It's the Kennedy Center there, you know, Arena Stage. It's all these different places. Wolf Trap, like just the whole areas. You you're seeing artists. Like yo, is if you're in the city, like it's regular to see an artist tour bus drive right past you. It's like whoa, like that that's Britney Spears' face on the because the Verizon Center's right there where the uh, Wizards play. Like you know what I mean, <laughs> and, and that's where people perform when they come. With that's where Drake performs. That's where everyone performs. So like I saw DJ Khaled's bus actually parked up the street from my hood. You know what I mean? When he was in the town. So it was where I don't know who they was here to see, but I seen DJ Khaled's tour bus literally parked in the hood. You know what I mean? Um, one time I was like, it was just really random because there's no venue here. So there was obviously like there to see somebody maybe, or I don't know what they was doing. Maybe it was just a driver was there to see somebody, maybe the driver from out here. But that was like, you see stuff, that's DC. <laughs> That's D.C. So, yeah, you're going to want to be a part of that. So you got all these sports teams, the Washington Wizards. You got the uh, Washington Redskins. You got the Washington Mystics, the Washington Capitals, Baltimore Orioles of the road. So you're used to, like, seeing people get, you know, crowds gather to see people, you know, and you want a part of that. You want a part of that. You you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like this area makes you want to be – a part of like you know what I mean what's going like like you you want people to recognize you you know what I mean because you see so many people recognize there's so many people getting recognized around you yeah that's that's really interesting because like I, that that makes so much sense you know when I look at it and just you know considering you know just like I said like the sheer amount of examples you know uh 
and you bringing up go-go music is awesome because I, in the back of my head, I was uh, actually like kind of holding a question about go-go music, and I, I always thought it was great, like because Wale would incorporate it. I want to ask you, like, is there any like time where you feel like are you, are you going to be incorporating some go-go into your music in the future? You know the thing with me, my thing with go-go, like I had my little go-go phase because. Uh, the girls, because I'm not originally from here. I'm Jamaican, you know what I mean? So it was like something that, it wasn't something that I learned from like uh, an older brother or cousin or something, you know what I mean? We're like the first generation. So I, I had my phase, you know, where my girlfriends would really listen to it and I just like, I, you know what I mean? I'd be familiar. I listened to it on the radio. They got the go-go, like they'd have like a 930 drop or something like that. But yeah. I'm like the thing is the go go. I was always I was always too afraid to go out to the go go because a lot of people would fight and get shot and stabbed at the go go, and they shut down a lot of the go go's in the city. Like they actually hurt go go with, with all their um, ego and pride and beefing and all that stuff because so many people would get killed at these go go's. Man, like um, they, they, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a cat named DMV Hoods and News. Uh, he's a vlogger on YouTube. Like he 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 talks about these type of stories, you know what I'm saying? On his like he gives a lot of like introspective. He's from DC and he gives a lot of introspective into uh like just the culture that like especially like the hip hop culture of DC and the you know the black subculture you you could call it altogether DC like yeah the go gos and all that stuff, man. It's just so I never got too deep into it. I strayed away from it because it scared me. You know what I mean? So I stuck to like, but I, I used to like. I even went to some of the Christian go gos, like because church used to take us. That that was they used to be cranking, man. I ain't gonna lie. But um, yeah, it just scared me, man. It just scared me. So I don't know if I if I'm a. Uh, I'm definitely gonna mess with it because I'm like so in DC right now, like somebody going to say something to somebody and be like, hey, you know, that's my man. And like, oh, for real? And they're going to reach out to me and I ain't going to say no if it's like a friend of a friend, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I think like that way, yeah, I could rap. And I understand, I understand the go-go pocket good enough that I feel I could be, I could be a good go-go rapper, you know what I mean, if I needed to do something like, especially like uh, a cat like Wale or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I think I could, I could be a good secondary, things like that. But even by myself. But yeah, yeah, I could do. It probably happen because I I live in Southeast DC, right? And like you know, I know people. I have friends, and you know what I'm saying. Like so, somebody gonna say something to somebody if I get famous off of music and be like, hey, you know that's my man. And then whoop de whoop. Now I'm doing a song with. A, a famous go-go band, you know, Northeast Groovers or Backyard Band by by chance because word of mouth, someone knew someone, so someone reached out. I, I could see that definitely happening. And like that, I, th- I think that's really good, though, like, you know, because, I mean, I, f- I feel like, yeah, you know, because you've always embraced, you know, whenever I've talked to you, you've always embraced the D&B area and the culture, and I think that's awesome. I think you're, I think you're a great representative, you know, as far as, like, DMV area, hip hop, uh, the underground scene. I think what you're doing is incredible, and you know, uh, I, I want to ask. I think this is this is a question I've been asking guests more and more lately, but this is a very important one because I, I do want to travel. 
Now, let's say I'm in I'm in the D.C. area. Like, I need to know, like, what is what is your favorite spot to eat at? Like, what is this your your number one spot? Like, hey, I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna have a great fucking meal. Like, you gotta let me know. Okay, um, <laughs> you know this is place this Jamaican spot called Dat Jerk D A T J E R K. They sell jerk chicken and jerk pork. You eat meat or no? Oh hell yeah, I eat meat. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, basically, hold on a second. This guy is like, hold on a second. Hello? Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is my um, boss. I got this job call. But yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, no. Yeah, no worries. Hey, I'm almost done. I'm so, yeah, so so uh, I'm so finish this up, wrap it up. Um, so that jerk, I'll make sure to look out for that. Uh, and then yeah. um, if you're there on if you're there on a weekend, now uh, go to Po' Boy Gyms for brunch. The, the brunch is from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Po' Boy, Boy Gyms. Yeah, right. I'm writing all, every word you're saying. I'm writing all this down for when I do fly out. You know, maybe we'll probably all get together or something. But bus boys and poets is is a great place if you're looking for lunch or even dinner. Um, of course, Cheesecake Factory. You know, Cheesecake Factory. Y'all got that out there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but bus boys and poets, like I don't think y'all have that. Um, oh hell. Bus- now, Bus Boys and Poets, there's a couple locations out here. It's really cool. They have nights where they have poetry open mic and all that stuff, like uh, in the restaurant. It's like a restaurant slash bookstore. And you know, it's really a really cool vibe. Like, you know, like a laid back kind of Starbucks with a restaurant in it <laughs> and a bookstore. <laughs> Man, I feel it, dude. I, that, that sounds like a fucking really good combination. I'm not going to lie. It sounds relaxing. Very relaxed and laid back. A lot of times you'll see people in there, just like Starbucks, with their Macs open and, you know, doing work <laughs> or not, you know. Hell, yeah. No, I'll make sure to that I'll make sure to check those places out. Thanks for giving me some recommendations. And, yeah, so uh, and I just want to say, yeah, thank you for coming on, on the podcast again. It's been a great time, man. Whenever I talk to you, i got to say, you're so charismatic. You're great at this. To the point where I want to tell you to start a podcast, man. Like I, you, you're so like charismatic. I want you to start a podcast because I feel like I could listen to you talk, you know, about so much, you know. Um, and and I, yeah, man, just thank you for coming on. I, I I think your album is great. I'll make sure to leave a link in the description. The people should check it out. It's a great project, and I'm I'm excited for for what you do next, what you're cooking up. And yeah, guys, Aubin A St. George, he's always working. He's busting his ass. Go follow his page. I'll leave a link in the description below. And, yeah, if there's anything you want to plug, anything you want to say, just let it, let it out there, you know. And, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, nah, man. Um, just like, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, one more thing. I, I shouted out a young rapper earlier, Little D. Uh, Little shout D, out another yeah. young 
Yeah, another young rapper from out of North Carolina named um, Rod Divine. Rod Divine, he, he like 16 and just vicious. Like this cat, he yeah, this cat's like a conscious, you know what I mean? Like Tribe Called Quest type vibe, you know what I mean? Very conscious but very lyrical. So shout him out, you know what I mean? Um, shout out to uh, to my my boy Juggler. He's a reggae artist. You know what I mean? Dancehall artist. Uh, that cat just has a lot of good music that he's creating. You know, so I, I work with him to help him promote his stuff. Um, but he's been doing good. Like, he got his video. He got his video for his song, Madova, I mean, on uh, Jamaican TV this summer. He's, like, really bubbling and doing things. So that's a cat that could really blow at any time, could really blow up at any time. Like, a lot is going on. He's been on like a, a bunch of official Jamaican mixtapes in the past year, at least like seven, I think. Like, which is like, you know what I mean? Alongside guys like Beanie Man and, you know, Vibes Cartel, like on the same tape. Like, it, it's not a tape, you know what I mean? A tape would only like, it'd be like 10 artists and he's one of the 10, you know? So, like, that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, big up Jogla. That's Jogla. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. Thank you, Chase. Yo, you're really good at this, man. I think uh, yeah, these going to be classic interviews one day. People going to look at it. Of course, oh, they're they, they going to kill me. Uh, you come to D.C., yeah, try um, the, the the mumbo sauce, the chicken wings with mumbo sauce from the curry out. You you see the, uh, the giant say carry out on that little Chinese junk. Like yeah, the chicken, yeah, chicken wings with with the mumbo sauce. Ask them for the mumbo sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the you know the crazy thing, the best one, the the best one to me is the one that's over by me, um, the Hong Kong curry out in Southeast DC. But it's so dangerous out here. Like I mean, literally, dog. Like people have been shot and killed on that block, like numerous times since I've been here these past like four plus years. Dog. Like I put in the jump. And, um, they got this app to see how many people have been shot within like a. Uh, one mile radius of where you live. <laughs> it was like in the past four or five years. It was like 260 people from my uh from where I live. The closest one was like point zero four miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, but I'll tell you, the, 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 they the best one, and that's what people will even say online. Hong Kong carry out, like they really. That's the <laughs> I, th- I think I don't know what it is, man. You know, adverse. I know maybe adversity just you know makes the best flavor. I don't know, but like yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's the maybe it's the gun smoke in the air that adds the you know the sauce. I don't know, but like I swear, you, you look at the online reviews, people are joking about risking their lives for these wings, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. I live out here, so it's whatever. Like you know what I mean. For me, I ain't got no choice. This is where I live. You know what I mean? I, I Even though I don't really eat that type of food too much, you know, I try to stay healthy. I ain't been there in months, to be honest. But if you coming from out of town, like, you might enjoy it. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. No, like I said, dude, thank you for, for coming on. Always showing love. You know, even on social media, bro, you've always showed love and shit, you know. And, and you've never, like, shied away from hitting me up. And, like, always shooting shit with you has been good. And, yeah, man, like I said, I look forward, you know, to working with you more, even on the stuff that, like, at some point, I think we should talk, uh, aside from podcasting, I think we should talk about doing some music because I've been cooking up on some beats myself, and uh, I'd be more than happy to, to, you know, send some to you at some point. 
Oh yeah, you know, always saying I'm. I'm telling you, I'm always listening to beats like the song I'm wor- I was working on when you hit me up. Like the I I got that beat from listening to this one producer's beats for like literally like for four hours. I just like listen. I said fuck it. I'm gonna listen to this guy's beats. He had been sending me all these messages that he got the automated messages because I didn't bought some beats from him before. And I was like, and I like to keep up on what my producers are doing anyhow. And um, yeah, I just said for I said this is this producer's night. A guy named Twan Beatmaker. Um, and I just listened to his beats for like a couple hours, and then like I chose like four of them I like, least them, and you know that's how I, I came to the song. Yeah, so I, I listen. To, always send me shit. Dog. I don't. I get beats from. Uh, I work with a lot of producers. I put money in a lot of different people's pockets. You know what I mean, there are a lot of beats that I leased that I haven't used. You know what I mean? But that money still went in the producer's pocket. So yeah, I'll break bread with you, bro. Oh, hell no. I mean, I mean, hell yeah. But at the same time, like, let me, like, for me, like, how I like to work is, like, let me send you something for free just on the love, you know, just for you to have. And then, like, that's how I go. I mean, it's all, yo, yo, I, I mean, you're going to get your, your rights, your full rights or whatever, split it 50 50 down the middle. You know what I mean? If we release the journey and blow up, that's how I go. That's how I work. All my producers, like, you know, we spend, I don't know, I, I guess other people got different types of arrangements, but I, I, Cause I hear producers crying about not getting paid, but I'm like, nah. I feel the producers should get, uh, they should get their fifty percent of the royalty, and you know, cause they made the damn beat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, without the beat, the song is not going to be the same. That's just a fact. You know? So yeah, without the beat, it's spoken word poetry. You know? And if you, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. If you think it's going to be the same, we release a spoken word poetry album then. Don't put no damn beat on me. <laughs> God damn it, man. I, I, you're, you're awesome. I appreciate talking to you, man. And you, yeah, listen, I'll uh, I'll keep posting on everything. And uh-huh. you know, yeah, I know. Like I said, we'll be here talking more. And yeah, there's, there's a lot more work to be done. And I just I appreciate you coming on. If you ever yes, need anything, hit me up, brother. All right, bro. All right, Chase. All right, man. Take care. Be safe out here, man. All right, bro. You too now. Ah, peace, brother. Ah, peace.